Greetings, and welcome to the latest edition of the AMSSM Sports MedCast, produced in collaboration with the BJSM. I'm your host, Dr. Devin McFadden, and I'm honored to be joined today by Dr. Jordan Metzel from the Hospital for Special Surgery in New York City. Dr. Metzel, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule, especially at this unique point in time in our nation's and, frankly, our planet's history. Uh, Dev, it's an absolute pleasure, and I was so happy when you guys reached out. It's uh, it's a pleasure to help support the AMSSM, which does such great work in educating sports medicine physicians around the world, and also to be part of this, so thanks for having me. Absolutely. We're thrilled to have you. So today we're going to be discussing the importance of physical activity for the health and welfare of both ourselves and our patients, and addressing some of the unique challenges we're facing during this COVID-19 pandemic. To start, can you tell me how you approach the topic of physical activity and exercise with people who may not be that active? Yeah, Deb, I mean, it's it's interesting because, you know, I've always been a big proponent of uh, physical activity as a part of my own self and as a part of my practice. And, and I'm happy to get back to that even later in the conversation. But I think at this moment when we're speaking, we're just at a really strange time in our in our history and in our planet's existence where we're faced with this kind of novel, novel coronavirus that uh, you know none of our immune systems has ever seen, and it's interesting because in many ways it's kind of back to the future. When you look at the ways we were taking care of you know diseases in the 1600s, the 1700s, the 1800s, the pandemic in you know the early 1900s, and a lot of the of the treatments we're talking about now, social distancing, etc. You know, are this, some of the similar treatments that they did in you know kind of historical outbreaks of disease throughout history. So with that kind of moment where we are now, which is short in chronologic time, but seems very profound, I'm very much into using my platform as a, as a sports doctor, which I think is an important platform. When we start thinking about the role of exercise and, you know, everybody, I think, listening to this podcast and we can talk about knows the different ways why exercise is so beneficial. But I think at this moment, um, exercise is so beneficial because it's a big way to get people to start thinking about, you know, maximizing their own health and maximizing their immune response. If done, I think, in a moderate zone and really encouraging general health, which, again, as sports doctors, we're often talking about, you know, how do you make a marathon runner run, you know, injury free or a triathlete faster or, or a, a football player, you know, jump higher or whatever. But at this point, I think we're thinking about how do we make people just healthier and so I think this discussion about the role of exercise is especially important now, but for different reasons than I, told, than I would have told you a month ago. Absolutely. I think our whole worldview has shifted at this point in time, and for good reasons, obviously. Now, one of the challenges that people are going to face right now that they haven't traditionally faced is even if you wanted to be physically active, most of the gyms are closed. You can't head to the courts to play basketball. All the playgrounds around my house where my children typically play are roped off with warning tape. So what are the types of things we can do at this exact moment in our history to stay physically active and maintain our physical and mental conditioning? Yeah, it's, it's a challenge for sure. I mean, the things that uh, we typically think about in terms of exercise, you know, I think as adults somewhat, but definitely for kids and for adolescents, you know, organized sport activities, organized places for people to go you know, those things are on pause for, you know, a while and who knows for how long. But certainly the human body is still the same body, whether, you know, your gym is open or closed or whether your soccer team is playing or, you know, not playing or your playground is open or closed. And so I think the imperatives for, you know, movement, 
for movement, for, you know, daily movement, for, for, you know, all the different reasons we, we think it's so important are really, you know, especially imperative now. And so thinking about ways to maximize movement, and it's interesting, I guess my roles have been very different. I started, you know, very much as a traditional sports medicine doc and still at um, Hospital for Special Surgery, where, where I work in the primary uh, sports medicine group, I'm still in the office, you know, all the time doing much of what we all do. But the piece I started developing about seven, eight years ago was starting to build a fitness community, which was a lot about building a community of people that started very small. And now that community has grown to, we have about 50,000 people on our listserv and we run these big, massive events all over the place to get people exercising and moving, which was great until we got to a time right now where being in a group of more than two people was considered very dangerous. And so all of a sudden the paradigm had to shift and, and had to start thinking about how do I get people exercising? How do I keep them exercising? And how do I do that in a way where they're not, you know, where they can do it, where there's no equipment and there's no, um, you know, there's no teams. And so that was a very different kind of formula. And so I started falling back on some of the things that, you know, I had done um, different projects with Runner's World, the, the Iron Strength workout I did with them. I did a whole workout with the New York Times called the Nine Minute Workout. These were initiatives that people could just do at home. And I often prescribe those to my patients. But then I started, you know, basically in the last several weeks, I've started doing a lot of online fitness to get people to stay exercising, even if they're by themselves or with one other people or in a small space, like in a New York City apartment or wherever they are or in a park uh, or wherever they are where they don't need any equipment. Because what I've long believed and what now I'm very much putting into practice is that uh, among the best pieces of exercise equipment is, is your body. I think. So I think that those lessons are important now. I absolutely agree with you. Being in the military myself and traveling fairly frequently, you end up using your body weight for exercise all the time, and you can absolutely get a great workout without any equipment whatsoever. I think you touched on a very important point there on the value of community, and I think that's one of the things that keeps people coming back if they have a group of friends that can help motivate them on the day when they wake up and they're feeling a little less motivated and dragging a little. And then we likewise can support our friends when they're having a down day. That's a little bit lost right now, and I think what you're doing is extremely commendable. And I thank you for that in this online era where we can have these Zoom workouts and get people together to see other people working out. It's not quite the same, but it's better than nothing, certainly. Yeah, it's interesting. I actually heard a great interview with uh, the physician-in-chief at Mass General, and he was talking about the difference between social distancing, which is the term, and physical distancing, which is what we're actually doing. And he really drew an important distinction, and that really struck stuck with me um, in thinking about that I think we need community more than ever before, and I think you're exactly right. When I started setting up these workouts, I realized that you know, doing things like plyometric-based training were very difficult to do alone, but where you were in a group, it was a lot easier to do it, and there's been some research since looking at the effectiveness of group fitness versus individual in terms of how hard you push yourself and how much more likely you are to be part of uh, exercise. So the people have looked at that and, you know, all those things are true, but when we are physically apart, can we keep that same spirit? And so I, I like the idea of drawing a difference between social distancing, which I'm not a proponent of and physical distancing, which I definitely am a proponent of. And uh, what's the best way to get people together. And I started with a few different platforms and have settled up on uh, on a webinar format um, through Zoom, which so far is working pretty pretty well. 
Um, and I'm actually going to try one of these um, with our whole AMSM, AMSM community at the end of April. Um, as you know, I was supposed to be at the AMSM this year, and we were running three big morning fitness sessions every morning to start the conference, and we had three different workouts planned, and that was the plan. But now since um, it's a virtual meeting, I'm going to try a virtual workout to start the day. And so we'll get everybody together virtually uh, just to kind of show people how to do this and how to think about it. Because what I recognized, at least for myself, was that the best way I – that was where I could make my biggest impact was kind of promoting health uh, through activity and through fitness. And so that was the whole idea of starting this whole thing. And now it's taken a different meaning because I I think what I recognized or I'm recognizing is that, you know, when when you have that built-in infrastructure, then you can switch gears and, and do it a different way. And although it's not exactly the same, I think it's it's serving in some ways even a more important role than than it probably did before. Yeah, absolutely. And once again, I just want to thank you for taking the time and using that platform you have to bring this to people. It's one of the great things about difficult times in our history is that people band together and find new ways and resilient ways to face the challenges. I think you're really helping to do that, especially when it comes to physical activity. One of the things I've noticed is you haven't just focused on what I assume to be your comfort zone. I could be wrong, but having watched some of your iron strength videos and your high-intensity interval training, as well as your lectures, you've really gone about incorporating mindfulness, yoga, and deep breathing in some of these guest lectures or coaches that you've brought on. Can you talk to me a little bit about the benefits of exercise for stress reduction? and the deliberate choice to choose these experts to help the population through this difficult time period? You betcha. Um, and and thanks for saying that and for recognizing it. It's really, really kind of you. Um, yeah, so obviously I'm a exercise junkie, probably an addict, um, and nothing makes me happier than you know, really throwing down a, a really great, intense workout. But uh, some of the first conversations I had on this webinar series I've been doing uh, were with several infectious disease colleagues. And one of the common themes that they talked about with kind of susceptibility um, and maximizing immune response was trying to reduce the inflammatory response in your body and trying to keep exercise in a moderate zone. So I think those are two separate things. And so when it comes to kind of reducing the inflammatory response, you know, of the three people I talked to, all three talked about stress as a pro-inflammatory concept. And again, I think that you know, as medical doctors, sometimes we have a harder time with some of the, I wouldn't say softer, but some of the less, more challenging things to prove empirically in a very rigorous way. But I don't think that makes them any less important. And so I, I, I tried to really focus on, you know, the mind piece, not only for making people calm, but also just for stress reduction for that reason. And then the other piece was, you know, exercise intensity. You know, I do still do teach and do some intense exercise, but I've really tried to make an effort to dial it down a bit. Um, and some of the work that's been published over the years on interleukin response, uh, you know, 48 to 72 hours after a really intense event, um, you know, makes me want to have my kidney and my patients and people I'm talking to think about, again, backing off just a little bit, um, you know, maybe 15, 20 percent in terms of intensity and in terms of, uh, you know, how long. Um, that doesn't mean I still don't love a good burpee or two or three, but maybe not quite as many sets as before, or, you know, maybe not, you know, as long of a run as before, uh, just cause you know, I want to, I want to try and give that advice, uh, and also to try and also cast a big net for people that's, you know, 
again, the people that are involved in this, I have everything. I started just with runners and triathletes. Now I have grandmothers, kids, all ages. I have, you know, whole families of multi-generational. One of the workouts I was teaching in Central Park last year, I had a kid, uh, her mom, and the grandmother all in the same workout class. So it's multi-generational. Um, and so I want to make sure that I'm kind of giving things that are appealing to all the demographics and so nobody feels, you know, especially isolated or, you know, left out right now because, you know, the natural tendency of this physical isolation is for people to feel left out or alone. And so that's the feeling I definitely don't want to have. So that's why I'm trying to make everything as inclusive as possible. And quite frankly, like you said at the beginning, during times of stress, you know, different ways to communicate, different platforms, different ways of going about setting up different things. And I've, I've always tried to make a varied things that I'm doing because people are more involved um, with that. That's one of the reasons I think people like to come, but really trying to make that much more part of what's happening now. And, uh, and that may be something that carries over into the future, I think, for the, for the better. I certainly appreciate that deliberate approach. And being a sports medicine doctor, I think that overtraining can be just as dangerous at times as undertraining. And certainly right now, that couldn't ring truer. One of the benefits that I hope will come from this in the end is that some of our patients who may not be as physically active will use some of this downtime to form new habits and set positive examples for our youth who may not see them being as active in their typical daily lives. So I just ask everybody to take this time and use it to get out there and get some exercise for yourselves, for your mental health, and for our entire populations, because we need to band together during this time period. I think that's right. And, and I think that, uh, you know, one of the things that's been interesting for me is, and I guess what I'd like to say to the AMSSM and BJSM membership and readership is that I think as physicians, we inherently are most comfortable staying in our lane. And I guess I made the decision probably seven, eight years ago to both stay in the lane I'm in at HSS, but also to cross over into, you know, more of a, I guess a mainstream crossover, not, you know, fully over to the other side where I feel like you don't have any credibility, but definitely where I felt like I really talked to big parts of community while simultaneously, you know, still keeping up, you know, my sports practice and, and, and being credible that way. And I think it's at times like this where having a, a mailing list to be able to send things, say, listen, this is what I'm doing. And whether you're teaching an exercise class or you're just showing, listen, these are the things that I'm doing to stay active or you send an email or whatever it is you're doing. I think it's, it's really important, Devin. I think you're exactly right to do it for yourselves. And I think it's also important to, to model it for your community and don't be afraid to let people know that you're thinking about these things and it's important for you and it's important for them. I think it's sometimes a role that people are not super comfortable with, but I, I would say that I think it's impactful in a different way to like, you know, giving an abstract, presenting an abstract at MSSM or something. And I, I would really encourage people to think about that as well as you think about, you know, what, you know, what you can do for your community right now, which I know we all want to think about and do. Absolutely. Well, on that note, where can people find you if they want to join your listserv or follow you on social media? Yeah, they're probably sick of me, but anyway, if they want to, I feel sorry for them, but that's fine. Um, but um, so I got a few different things. Um, I have a, a standalone kind of website, which is just drjordanmetzel.com. And then drjordanmetzel is what I use for all my social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. And I try and make it informative and inspirational enough that it's cool but not so bad that you feel like you want to puke, kind of somewhere in between the puke and, you know, there. And it's a fine line. I'm not sure I know exactly how to get that line. I've been trying, and, uh, you know, sometimes I'm, I cross it over, but I'm trying to stay in the anti-puke zone. 
Well, thank you again, Dr. Metzl, for taking time out of your busy schedule to speak with us today. This has been a wonderful episode, and I greatly appreciate it. I'd also like to thank you, the listeners, for sharing your time with us during this tumultuous period. I'd encourage everyone to keep their heads up. Keep doing the great work you're doing, caring for our patients. And don't forget the importance of taking care of yourselves and your own families. I look forward to joining you again soon for the next episode of the AMSSM Sports MedCast. The views expressed are those of the speakers and don't necessarily reflect the official policies or position of the AMSSM, the United States Army, Department of Defense, or the U.S. government.